America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Is it the kind you shove in or the kind you hammer in? (laughs) (laughs) It's episode 52 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is a return of the great Jonathan Baylor, author of The Calorie Myth, SaneSolution.com, TheBaylorGroup.com. He's all over the place, and he is incredible. He's been on TV. He's famous. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with a third grade teacher, our friend Julie, and we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. How are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. <clears throat> you... Clearing your, your, your throat, huh? Sounds like you've got a declaration to make. Yeah, this is an important show for me. Well, this is, this is number 52. Oh, which, okay. You know, you know where this is going, don't you? I do know. And I knew this when you said before <laughs> we started recording, I was like, he's going to say something. I can't help it. I was number 52 all through high school and college. Please and... tell us more, Uncle Rico. Can you throw <laughs> football over the mountains? Well, I do know this. I was the youngest in my class, and if I had been the oldest in my class, so in other words, if I had been the size I was my senior year in high school as I was my freshman year at eight, at, in college, we'd have won state. <laughs> we would have won state. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me ask you, how did you come out for the number 52? Um, I just, it was my like freshman year, at, at or for sophomore year, going into the senior high at Plano. That was just the number assigned to me. Just FYI for people, in this, the school district that you and I went to, we have 9th and 10th grade high schools. And then you have 11th and 12th grade senior high school. Right. So and it's not like you have one high school for all of your high school years. It's two, split up in yeah. two and separate schools. My senior year, the 9th through 12th, if it was all one high school, would have been almost 7,000 kids. So it's like it was Yeah, they, ha- they have to do it or it would be in, it's just unmanageable. Yeah. So I just I guess I was a, a center at that point on offense, and that's how they assign your numbers is what offensive position you are. And so okay. I, got, I got 52. And then when I was in college, a, a guy that went to Plano who went to the same school that I went to to play football had just graduated from the university and his number was 52 and he Who was, was that? Richard Bogdan I don't know if you remember oh, okay. him yeah, I, I know the name yeah, yeah so he was kind of like famous they won state they did win state uh, so you're a real letdown for old number 52 huh? <laughs> yeah no it's really it's uh, 52 uh, was definitely the average was was brought way down with me I was just making sure like you know because sports numbers can be kind of personal things my hockey number was 30 and that was after my favorite player Growing up, Martin Brodeur of the New Jersey Devils, but I didn't know if you know you picked fifty-two. Well, it was uh, Dexter Coakley, right. former Dallas Cowboys great, who was a good uh, good linebacker. I was fifty-two I before Dexter Coakley was fifty-two. Thank you. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Time, time well, I thought you were thirty because when you were like in middle school, that was how old your girlfriend was. 
Is that... <laughs> Zing. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Mark, you knew me in middle school. There were no girlfriends. <laughs> there was the one girlfriend that you guys chased down the alley that one time. That's kind of a funny story. So, like, my very first girlfriend ever, I'm, uh... Which is two years ago. Arrived, so I was in 10th grade. It's kind of late for that, but I was kind of a nerd. Big surprise. Yeah. Uh, this I started dating this girl, and she ended up living like, like right down the street from me. And uh, this is funny. And we're like quote unquote dating, but like it's so awkward because of me. She ended up being like a really cool girl. I am a weirdo, and I was so awkward as a as a as a 16 year old. But uh, so me and Mark and my brother Rob, who you've heard on the podcast before, and our another friend Jackson. Who hates uh, us? We would spend all day during the summers swimming at, at the pool of my parents. Oh, I, I remember this now. And, it yeah, just... jogging the memories. Well, there we're all, you know, goofing around back there, and uh, someone drives down the alley, and you hear like a honk honk, and uh, <laughs> they're like, who, "Man, who was that?" And I was like, "Oh, that's probably Amy." And they're like, "Who's Amy?" And I'm like, "That's this girl that I'm kind of," and they. It was like instantaneous. <laughs> the three of those idiots got out of the pool and sprint down the alley after her, like to basically just completely embarrass me. So also, I'd like to credit you for this relationship failing, like within a matter of about about three weeks. So thank you, Mark. But uh, it was really, really weird and awkward. I think uh, that was yeah right before uh, I pooped my pants. So but that happened. Just, big every story ends with yeah that was awesome time. I pooped my the pants. Passage of time by when you crap your pants. <laughs> I do. Well, there was that. that other time. Oh man, I'm getting them all confused now. Well, speaking of girlfriends and procreation, your son ha- was injured. It's a real <laughs> random segue, but yeah, uh, last Thursday, uh, I was. Uh, in a training class for, for work all week, uh, Monday through Friday, eight to five kind of thing. Uh, you have to maintain a certain number of hours to keep your, your certification as a policeman or policewoman. I should stop saying policeman. That's kind of sexist, I guess. But, yes, uh, it is, so I'm in this training cl- and you have to sit in this training class once a year, it's 40 hours. And they just, you know, educate you on all kinds of different things that maybe you don't see all the time. And, uh, I'm in there and my phone, uh, vibrates and I look at it and it's my wife and she says, Jason, this is our oldest one. Jason has broken his arm. And I look down at the class schedule and it's like probably like maybe one forty-five. So there's only like a couple hours left of class. And I look down at the class schedule and it looks like some really, really boring stuff the rest of the day. And I was like, oh, gotta go. My son, I, my son broke his arm. Gotta go. See you guys later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so I rush over there and, uh, my son is in first grade. And I expected him – he doesn't deal with pain very well, and he's very small-framed. He, uh, you know, He's just a real skinny kid. Uh, and so I expected when I got to the school – and it's probably like a 35-minute drive from where I work to where I live. So uh, I expected when we get there him to just be a complete wreck, just crying. and Slobbering just, oh, all over. Just, uh, yeah. just completely destroyed, like a six-year-old would be. But I get there, and Anna already has him in her car, and I open the door, and he's just sitting there. And I'm like, hey, buddy, what's his, going on? His bone is sticking through his forearm. Like, <laughs> Well, this gets kind of funnier. He's like, uh, oh, nothing, Dad. What are you doing here? And I was like, well, I heard you hurt yourself, so I came all the way over here. And he's like, oh, yeah, I fell off the slide and hurt my arm. And I was like, looking at it, and I was like, okay, doesn't I'm not a doctor, but it doesn't look – it's not like a compound fracture. They didn't rush him to the hospital. So we go and take him to a place for x-rays, and they're like, okay, looks like this could possibly might be a hairline fracture, which sounds like the most, like, 
hemming and hawing of all time over like an x-ray like right. oh yeah there's something that could might possibly be something there like, oh wait that, that's some dust on the uh the photograph <laughs> yeah, there sorry sure about this <laughs> so me and my and they give him like one of those it's a new thing like a splint but like i guess like they break it open and it hardens or something and then they wrap the, spl- the splints on the bottom part of his arm uh and uh they wrap it up with a nice bandage and uh they're like hey take him to the orthopedist sometime next week and and get a more definitive look uh they may want to cast it and so uh he's being so cool with the pain that we're like okay he's not it's not really broken and maybe it's bruised maybe it hurts a lot like right now because he fell on it but there's no way it's broken the way he's reacting and the way they read the x-ray well we were supposed to (laughs) i'm the father of the year here. we were supposed to take him to the orthopedist on monday but monday was columbus day they're out of school which don't get me started on that but uh, <laughs> so I took them to the fair. And, Rick wants uh, year-round, seven days a week school. By the way. Yeah, I know. Well, Columbus—he's not exactly like a real heroic figure. <laughs> no, N- never mind. I don't want to get into yeah, it. Yeah. I'm a weirdo. But like, uh, we, so instead of taking them to the orthopedist, I cancel the appointment and take them to the fair <laughs> instead. With a broken arm. And a good time arm. was had by all. So the only appointment they had was today. So he's been in the splint for like uh, for like eight days. And my wife just texted me and said, yep, a radial fracture in Ooh. a cast for three to four weeks. And I'm like, Whoops. oh, so he wasn't making it up. Oh, well, that, that's hilarious. So, so father of the year. Yeah. Well, my dad was father of the year back in uh, like 1991 when I fell and jammed my fingers and I bent my fingers so far I back. I remember that. That my watch broke on the ground, so like my wrist. You know, if that makes sense. Like, like imagine bending your fingers so far back that your your like wrist would have to touch the ground. Yeah. And uh, basically, it's like the skin was holding my fingers on, and my dad for like oh, we were out like doing something in like Dallas area or something, and and uh, he just I was crying and sobbing and oh it hurts, and he just Suck kept yeah he just kept saying you're being a big baby, you just jammed your fingers, and uh, I've never let him. Uh, live that down because like the next day the doctor was like yep you might need surgery on your oh, fingers well, uh, let me get my amputation saw yeah exactly <laughs> oh man well um i'm uh we, we were on uh we're gonna be on vinnie's vinnie tortorich's show uh at some yes, point i feel like maybe uh thing i feel like naven r johnson from that movie the jerk with steve martin where he like opens the phone book and like he points to name he's like he thinks he's famous because he's in the phone book. Right. Like, things are gonna start happening to me now <laughs> like that's a i cannot believe Vinny was like yeah let me have you guys on the show so yeah we did, a, we did a one-on he has a format a show with anna that he does that's a regular show and then he does like these one-on-ones where it's basically more of like a conversational type of you know just with Vinny. and we did a one-on-one so it was really a one-on-two huh. Vinny that'll be on I don't. He's some point. Know, sometime in the next couple yeah, weeks, we'll, or whatever. So we'll, we'll keep you know, posted. And uh, also, like while we were talking to Vinny, he calls Dean Laurie, who's a very famous Hollywood writer, and is talking to him. And in the midst of the conversation, we sort of were like, "Oh, you be on our show," and because he's a very funny guy. Uh, I'll, I'll t- I, 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 the vibe I got from Dean was no. Was like it hey, was like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll be on those guys' show. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Give him my." Not fake phone number. Yeah, Vinny. so we might be getting uh, reaching out to Dean Laurie in the same uh, the same way we reached out to Shaq uh, with no response. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be the same. Yeah. treatment. Delete. Yeah. Email. Delete. Email. Delete. And uh, and let's let's get to Jonathan Baylor, who was nice enough to uh, to come back on the show uh, with us. He is just doing amazing things. But before we get there, we're we're selling more of the resets, and more and more people are are uh, doing that and going through that process. It's simplyhumanlifestyle.com/shop, and the reset is there on the top. There's a link to some testimonials of some. Folks. Read the testimonials, by the way, because these people who have done it. 
and I've done kind of a version of it, like the original version of it, I guess. And I will obviously, you know what my testimonial is, but these regular people who have done it, uh, you know, listen to what they say. It's, it's worth it. I mean, they they can't be wrong, you know? Hey, and while I'm, while I'm talking about, uh, some of this other stuff, look up our iTunes reviews and, or or the, uh, the rankings and, uh, and I looked it up a couple days ago and the rankings. Well, we need, we need to find, we need to do our segment on shows that are ranked higher than us. But uh, so you look that up real quick and I'm going to talk about the t-shirt giveaway. Um, from now until the end of the month, uh, and this show is going up on the 21st. So you have, uh, like nine, 10 more days. Uh, if you leave us a review, it has to have a word in it. It doesn't have to be any particular word, just any word at all. If you leave us a review, it could be a one-star review, but you will be entered in the the grand. Well, no, no, if it's a one, yeah, if, you have to leave a word because if you just leave a star, we don't know who you are right. because there's no spot to leave your name. So right. that's why you have to leave at least some kind of text. But it could be like a one star, and then the word is "y'all are terrible" or something. Which is that, <laughs> then you enter. You know what? I would love to start getting a bunch of reviews and just say, "You guys are terrible." Yeah, please <laughs> I stop. Would never. I would laugh forever. We are all dumber after listening to this podcast. So uh, anyway, we're gonna do a, a drawing, and on November seventh, we are going to. Uh, announce the winner of the free Simply Human t-shirt giveaway. We're, uh, I've, I'm on my third batch of t-shirts that I've ordered. Lots of people are, are, are uh, buying them and wearing them all over the place. Um, so that's that. Have you found a show, Rick? I'm looking. It's kind of hard because my we did we already did Exercise World Fitness Social Network, right, didn't we? Right. Okay. It's hard, to, it's hard to know because I've yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of put you on the spot. Let's yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do it. Radiant. We'll do it in the middle of after we talk to. Jonathan. Oh no, I found one. Oh my gosh, I okay. found the perfect. One. Okay, sweet. Okay, uh, ranked number seventy nine. So it's in the top hundred on fitness and nutrition. Uh, is a show called Naked Nutrition Radio. Mm. The the uh, description is Naked Nutrition Radio is the leading nutrition and fitness podcast. That's not true, but it's up there. Tune in each episode to hear the latest nutrition and fitness news from the scientific literature, discussion on cutting-edge fat-burning and health-boosting tips with industry experts, and much more. Naked Nutrition Radio is hosted by nutritionist and doctoral student Mike Roussel. Naked Nutrition Radio is part of the Naked Nutrition Network. Learn more at NakedNutritionNetwork.com. Last they episode. one episode, and it was July 16th of 2008. <laughs> They've only done one episode. <laughs> and it's I ranked higher than it. us. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, it's thanks ranked a lot. higher than us. So, Thank you, Naked Nutrition Radio Network. Thank you, uh, for, Mike Roussel. He's a doctoral student who doesn't have time to update his podcast, <laughs> but parent can just sit there and hang out in the top one. Yeah, he can just push why, us underneath. Yeah. Why a bunch of idiots like me and you just schlub around like, uh, hey, we're coming to you live from a truck stop bathroom. <laughs> All right. Find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to the nutrients and the skinny fat. There's a multivitamin and the, uh, the MCT oil, coconut oil that I, that I use, and there's coupon codes for those. Uh, there's links to the Patreon page youtube channel follow me on twitter and instagram at simplyhuman52 email the show simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com or you can email rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com so without further ado here is jonathan baylor we talked to jonathan today about taking drugs to lose weight weight loss 2.0 a roadmap to changing the conventional wisdom reinventing the word healthy pudding versus spinach sanesolution.com the calorie myth book and don't eat less eat more here's jonathan Awesome. Well, uh, I, I've begun recording, and uh, <laughs> on on episode fifty two of the Simply Human podcast, we have a repeat guest, the the great. I don't want to say the late great because that would imply that you are dead. And you were not dead. You are not You're dead. Clearly alive. He is alive. Uh, Jonathan Baylor, welcome to the show. What is up, gentlemen? It's a pleasure to be back. We were just discussing how one way you can get lean and skinny is to do uh, drugs. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is probably not great advice. So we won't we won't say that. On I think the only simply human way to get high is probably run into a poppy field and just start eating poppies, like just ramming them into your mouth. I think maybe that would work. That would work. Well, like if you had like a big uh, field of, of marijuana with that and illegally in a legal I, state. I don't know. Just start eating it. I don't know what would happen if you just ate the plants. Would you? This do- is really uh, this is really Pandora's <laughs> box we're opening. Up. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jonathan, I uh, just appreciate you coming back on, and know you're a super busy guy. And let's talk about your busyness. What What are you doing? What's going on? What's new? Tell us everything. Well, on the topic of taking drugs to lose weight, the (laughs) (laughs) perfect segue. That's a great segue. That's an awesome segue. (laughs) But but no, it it actually applies. So I've been I've been working with folks for many, many, many years who do things like taking drugs to lose weight, or what would be analogous to taking drugs to lose weight when you look at the long term and proven health implications of things like obsessive calorie counting, which leads to yo-yo dieting, which leads to effects on your body and mind, which are literally no less severe than if you were taking addictive and toxic drugs. So we've been looking to try to find ways and systems to usher in, let's call it healthy 2.0 or weight loss 2.0, which is basically just saying, look, we had an approach to this in the 1960s, and we had a, a lot of approaches to a lot of things in the 1960s, but we don't use most of those today. Like, we don't use the same phones we used in the 1960s, and we don't use the same civil liberties that we used in the 1960s. But for some reason, we still get told to eat and exercise the same way we were told in the 60s, in spite of the most severe increase in obesity and diabetes in the history of humanity. Seems like something's not going well there. So we're trying to fix that problem. Yeah, uh, Jimi Hendrix is dead. That's another thing that's not the same as the 60s. There's lots <laughs> let's, of things. Uh, let's spend the next 30 minutes listing off things that are different now <laughs> than in 1960. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you know, that's a very – to me – that, that was one thing that you hit on the last time that we talked, Jonathan, was that you know things have changed since the 50s and 60s, uh, and research has changed, and, and uh, uh, the things that we're finding has changed, but our attitudes, you know, the conventional way of, of nutrition hasn't really changed since then, and that was one thing that just – that stuck in my mind uh, that I think a lot about is that, you know, I have this – overall personal philosophy that every day should be better than the day before it. I should be a better person. I should be a better husband, father, you know, coworker, whatever today than I was yesterday. You should always be seeking to improve upon what you last had. But it seems like you're right with the nutrition uh, advice, especially, you know, the stupid food pyramid garbage. It's the same. And the proof, (laughs) pun intended, the proof is in the pudding. People are following this uh, you know, very loosely, this uh, n- this nutrition pyramid that the, is pushed by the government, and they're getting fat, and they're saying, and but they're not changing what's making them fat and sick and unhealthy and, and feeling like garbage. I think that's what the proof is, if if you ask me. Proof is in the, the it is in the hun cow pudding, right? You know that <laughs> yeah. hundred calorie, Rick. That's the oh, the hipster zing. way to say hun, hun cow froyo. Um, but yeah, so so Jonathan, do, do you think like you know this whole like the weight loss two point Do you think it's more along the lines of like 
the fact, well, see, I guess like back, back in olden times, there were like weight loss wasn't really an issue because I mean, like in, in, in the, I don't know, like the early days of man, like there was no weight gain. So there was you didn't need to lose weight. Everyone just sort of was and was healthy. So it's almost like weight loss 2.0 is like a, a reversion back, you know, to some of the principles that we had even even earlier than the 60s. That's exactly right. And if you look at the the underlying the underlying framework is the problem. So it, this is just one concrete example. So the food industry has been getting a lot of pressure from a lot of people to stop putting so much garbage in the I mean right we're not the only people in the world that think there's too much processed nonsense out there and the food industry is like okay I hear you I hear you Michelle Obama specifically I hear you here's what we're going to do Michelle we are going to over the next couple of years we are going to remove over 1 trillion calories like the uh. amount of processed products we create are are, are in some total going to have a trillion fewer calories in them which is just, again, reemphasizes this focus that we have on calories, which if you just take one step back from that assertion, they're saying, look, we're going to continue to provide garbage food, uh, but we're just going to provide less of it. Right. Yeah. So we're going to actually charge the same amount of money or more <laughs> for less product. And this, there's a fundamental incongruence here where people will hear that and they're like, oh, fewer calories, that's great. But listen to that for a second. Imagine this, as crazy as it sounds, imagine that you're going to be hungry until you get enough fuel. Okay, I know that sounds really crazy, but imagine that you're going to feel the <laughs> sensation of hunger until you eat enough energy, right? Right. So right. let's say that that amount of energy is 2,000 calories. So if, if the food you're eating you're going to have to eat until you hit 2,000 calories. Bottom line, I don't care if it's 110, excuse me, 20 calorie snack packs. Huncal, please. 10 200-calorie snack packs. You, you do need to eat calories. So this game of trying to trick our body into eating fewer calories will never work. The variable we need to work on is not calorie quantity. It's food quality. Yeah, that's, that's great. Now, what... I'm, I'm trying to think of, because you're, you're the kind of person that has a sort of influence. I think when I ask people the question, like, where do we begin to change the, the sort of the conventional wisdom? Like, for instance, I'm watching, uh, I watch the uh, Emmy Award winning Parenthood uh, uh, on, on TV, on the, on the television, Rick. And I love that show, by the way. Oh, it's really, yeah, I cry at each show, but I don't really because I'm a real man. Uh, I really do cry. Um, okay, but like... <laughs> The dad, Coach, right? Rick, remember Coach, the show? Coach, he's like the granddad. like the, the Oh, okay. Yeah. And like he has a heart condition in the show. I'm not giving anything away here. But it, I'm anyway. not going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like he has a heart condition. So like they on his birthday, they made him a cholesterol-free, you know, like low-calorie like birthday cake. And I'm like, see, like, they st like the writers of Parenthood still think, you know. So it's like in order to change that, like we have to have some sort of influence. I think – it's people like you, Jonathan, that have that influence, teaming up with other people that have lots of influence that I think we're going to change uh, that. Is that like, is that your sort of plan? Like, how are we going to do this? Here's the, here's the roadmap that I see. And I think it's a very, very exciting time. And also thank you for the kind words about asserting that I'm a person of influence. <laughs> well, you've been on TV lots, so that's good. I, I am working on yeah. that. <laughs> so, so here's what we got to do. So if you look, for example, back Let's look at Atkins because that's the best uh, 
example. So when Adkins first came out, people were like, dude, you are literally a joke. Like, complete heresy. I mean, it was probably when, when, when Galileo or Copernicus or whichever one of them, you know, said that the, uh, the, the earth revolves around the sun versus the sun revolving around the earth. People were just like, dude, you are no way. That's just crazy, right? Right. And so, that by the happened. way, very quickly, what year was this uh, that Atkins first started? It was like Do the sixties, late sixties. Yeah. Is that? Am yes. I remembering that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. and there was some stuff before then. Like there was a guy named Herman Taller, Doctor Herman Taller, who wrote a book called "Calories Don't Count," and uh, but the, and that was like the forties. I actually have a copy of that book, which is pretty cool. <laughs> but the uh, anyway, so that happened. And then, you know, people thought he was ridiculous. But then if you look in the 90s, for example, there was a resurgence of, of, of Adkins, of South Beach. The glycemic index started to hit the mainstream. Things like protein power and sugar busters started to hit the mainstream. Then advance a little bit more. Vegetarianism and veganism, the whole T. Colin Campbell forks over knives, trying to study thing hit. And then that ushered in paleo and well, and with each subsequent thing, it gained more and more acceptance. And even now you can see with, for example, Gary Tobbs' work, Nia, uh, Nia, uh, the hell, Ty Schultz or something like that. She's got her big fat surprise book. Yes. And you're getting a lot more mainstream acceptance of, look, the quality of food matters. This isn't crazy talk. However, however... We got we to gotta take the next step. The next step here now is to look at, for example, mainstream institutions. We got to look at the government. We got to look at $1.5 billion companies like Weight Watchers. We have to look at giant organizations like GE and Microsoft. And we need to look at what those organizations are doing because those are the organizations that are really moving the needle for the 99% of Americans who are not part of the paleo movement or who are not on the Adkins diet or who are not vegetarian or vegan. Right. And I think the only way we do that is we look, for example, and we say, well, what made, for example, Weight Watchers successful? What does the government need before it can recommend something? And if you look, the bigger an organization gets, the more influential an organization is, the bigger you, if you want to become a politician, the bigger of a politician you want to become, aka president would be the quote unquote biggest politician. Maybe that's not the best term. <laughs> the more, the more agnostic you have to become. And what I mean by that is Microsoft can't have a Christmas party. They have to have a holiday party. Mm -hmm. Now, whatever we think about that, you know, the, the government doesn't say Merry Christmas. The government says happy holidays. And the government will never say go South Beach, or go Adkins, or go vegan, or go paleo. But what they will say is be healthy. So this is where the, the, the reinvention of the word healthy needs to happen. This is where coming up with really just a simple framework where you can say, look, some people may have success eating 1,200 calories of garbage, just like you would probably get less incidence of lung cancer if you smoked shorter cigarettes. <laughs> right. But, you know, that, that's one approach. Another approach would be just to say, look, nutrient density, we can all agree, more nutrient-dense foods are better than less nutrient-dense foods. So why don't we focus on eating more nutrient-dense foods and stop worrying about all the minutia? Right. Yeah, it's like, I, you know, one of the ways that I think you, like as in the, the, the single listener, 
Uh, you know, you can be married. I'm not saying that you have to be single for this uh, to apply to you, uh, or to have another human being attached to you. Uh, just a single, you know, you know, you all know what I'm saying. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> I was wondering where you were going. <laughs> like any, like you, the listener, can can make a change. And really, the easiest thing to do is like in the private sector, like preschools and you know, like your gymnastics club or whatever. Like, I know Sarah Fergoso uh, of EverydayPaleo.com is is working with her son's like gymnastics center or whatever to get better, at least healthier options in the snack bar. Um, and so, and that's something that like, you know, like my girls or one of my girls goes to kindergarten and that's like the public school system, which is kind of a, a big monster. But then my other kids go to rainbow Bible school, which is like this, this, you know, private preschool that they, you know, they give snacks every day. It's like cocoa puffs and stuff like that, which is like, you know, it's hard for me not to like be the, the, the guy that's up there, like slapping the cocoa puffs out of the teacher's hands. while she's trying to like give them to the kids and the kids are crying and they're all hating me. But it's like, how can we, you know, you can show them, you know, that's, I think a good place to start. And a, a quote, this reminds me of a quote, uh, by Howard Aiken. And I just pulled it up here. It's don't worry about stealing or don't worry about people stealing your ideas. If your ideas are any good, you'll have to ram them down people's throats. Uh, which I thought, I think that's great. Cause it's like, I think it's the, the idea of nutrient dense foods and calories don't matter. It, like we think they matter. And, and, you know, eating real you know, high quality food is sort of this great idea, you know, and it's the, it, that's validated by the fact that like, it's just so hard to get people to like wrap their heads around that. Well, guys, I, I, I'm, this is going to be a revelation to both of you, but I am not a scientist. What? Uh, yeah, I know. I always, uh, I always intro you as Rick, the scientist. Well, have you been lying stop to me? Stop calling me doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not who I am. But if you just listen to the common sense of it, the common sense tells you it is better to eat, uh, you know, whole foods, you know, leafy green foods that come out of the earth and natural things. It's better to eat that than it is to eat Cheetos. But the the food industry, the junk food industry in this country, uh, runs such a gigantic cartel on things that it's it causes us to not think with common sense, to not think with our brains. It just has to be overwhelming as a guy who's, you know, kind of, to some extent, John, you're, you're swimming upstream against some of that. Uh, it has to be frustrating to try to get people to, hey, no, stop thinking with your advertising brain and think with your human brain. Which do you think is better to eat? Uh, this cup of pudding from the refrigerator with uh, that's processed and came out of a factory? Or this spinach that uh, grew out of the ground that we've been eating for thousands of years, you know? It, it is definitely a challenge. I, I am hopeful, though, and let me give you one example of, of why. So veganism and vegetarianism are way harder to do than eating a nutrient-dense diet. They're extre- like, it's extremely difficult to be a vegan. I think everyone would pretty much agree with that. I did it for 18 months, <laughs> and I <laughs> had di- I, 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 uh, I wasted away uh, and had diarrhea you, for 18 months. You really months. did. He, you, you did not look healthy after this. No. <laughs> I lost a lot of strength, and I don't know, Rick, uh, if, if you all heard me say that I had diarrhea for 18 straight months, too. So oh that, was, that was great. Uh, Good times. T- terrific. <laughs> Good time. But the, the point here is that so you have this, let's call it a, a very e- extreme or non-traditional. Like if you think it's difficult to eat nutrient dense food omnivorously, it is even more difficult to be a vegan. Right. But if you look at what the vegan movement has done over the past 10 years, 
if you look at this this idea of like meatless Fridays and this the the term plant based diet, like let's just focus on that for a second. The t- vegans and vegetarians who are making a difference in the world have done so not by saying, "Hey, everybody, become a vegan or a vegetarian." They've said, "Enjoy a plant based diet." Now, why do they say that? They they say it for the same reason that people say. Have a have a happy, happy holidays. holidays. It's agnostic. It's yeah. very difficult to disagree with that the majority of stuff you put in your mouth, which is what's implied by plant-based, they don't call it an exclusively plant diet. They call it plant-based. It's very difficult to disagree with that. Right. And I think what would be so amazing, and and this is what we're trying to do over at Sane Solution, is to take and you're seeing a lot of people do this. Like you're seeing a lot of influential people in the paleo movement. Look at look at uh, Mark Sisson. Look at Chris Chris Kresser. Look at Nell Stevenson. Look at a lot of the folks out there, and they're really starting to say, it, "Look, if calling it paleo makes it fun for you and and helps us to sell books, that's cool." But also understand that calling it paleo is going to limit its ability to change the world right. just like calling it adkins will limit its ability to change the world but if we can band together and just make the common sense arguments you talked about which is it's it is not obvious that eating fewer calories is better than eating more calories ask anyone in a war torn country like it's not that's called starvation it is self it is self evident that eating foods that provide you with more vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, phytochemicals, antioxidants are better than eating stuff that provides less of that. So can we just all rally around eating these sane nutrient-dense foods? And what, what we're really trying to do is like we can rally around it, but at the end of the day, unless there's a program, unless there's a system, unless there's a, a means of measurement, right? There's 240 iPhone apps that help you count calories. Jeez. There are zero that help you increase the nutrient density of your diet until now. Like that's what we're trying to do now. We raised a bunch of angel capital and got some folks. My background is in technology. I spent the past 10 years at Microsoft working on the Nike Plus Connect training and Xbox uh, One fitness offerings. We have the uh, designer from the Nike Fuel Band. And what we're trying to do is essentially create Weight Watchers 2.0. So it's just like, what does Weight Watchers do? Weight Watchers provides agnostic apps, e-learning program systems to help you count calories more effectively. We're, tr- we're doing the same thing, but to help you improve the quality or what I call the sanity of your diet. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, that, that what you just said is like this whole the label thing. That's why when I started the Simply Human like label, that because it's not a label, it's human. I mean, it's like you can't get any like, you know, down to the bare bones of like what we are it's like human you know so that's that's exactly why like we call it the simply human podcast is because it's like it's kind of like i guess I, I never really thought of it like this but it's it's trying to be very agnostic it's just like let's let's try to be uh as he- as healthy as we can as humans and go from there and so okay so where can we like is the weight watchers 2.0 thing is all that stuff where can people find that is it not out yet like what's what's the deal we are in we're in virtual podcast land right now. So as of the recording of this podcast, we may be in one world. Whereas <laughs> when this podcast airs, we may be. In we another. call this we call that time machine talk, John, because yes. sometimes <laughs> we talk about stuff that hasn't happened yet, and we try to predict the fu- the limited future. Well, this actually is going is going up on the twenty first, and no one will hear this because the world will be in utter chaos in four days because of Ebola. Yeah, so, we'll all be dead. So <laughs> yeah. it's all right. <laughs> 
All right. So in the in the immediate term, folks can go to sanesolution.com. So it's S-A-N-E solution.com. And they can sign up for free for an early preview. So cool. they can get some alpha software. Mm. And then we'll be in beta in November. And then we will launch our V1 in January along with the new year, new you push that takes place then. But there is no need to delay if you go and you sign up for free at sanesolution.com. We will give you everything first as soon as it's available. I'm doing it now. Is is there Charlie data or is that, am I just... Charlie testing? You have Alpha and then Beta. Alpha, and Beta, Charlie. Charlie, and then there's Delta, <laughs> were say Echo, Foxtrot. I know the NATO phonetic alphabet. I'm a nerd. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're a big deal. <laughs> you know those things. And by the way, everyone, uh, you need, if you haven't already, it seems like there aren't very many people who haven't, but if you haven't, read John's book, The Calorie Myth. Uh, I've read, and I'm not, you know, super reading McGee over here, but I've been reading. <laughs> you just books. learned how to read. I just, yeah, I've just uh, started reading, you know, a couple of years ago, books about nutrition. This is one of those transformative books that will change uh, how you think about what your your nutrition goals are and how you accomplish them. Uh, your concept of. Well, I, I very uh, much appreciate that, and let me let me kind of. Let me take that to the not to the next level in terms of let me praise myself even more than you just did. <laughs> let me flex my biceps <laughs> for you. <laughs> let me tell you how great this book is. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> what, one of the um, one of the things, one of the challenges, I'll give you a little inside look at at what it's like to quote unquote be be an author and and now the the um, CEO of a wellness technology company. One of the challenges the Calorie Myth book faced is it's not do this one thing. Eliminate this one ingredient right. from your diet, the magic or pill do, thing. And, and lose yeah. seven, you know, lose ten pounds in ten days. I mean, it's what it is. Is it's literally saying, look, a lot of stuff has happened since the nineteen sixties. This is what has happened in the nutrition and exercise world in terms of proven clinical science in the past sixty years, and that's a lot for people to handle. So what we're trying to do is say, look, for for folks who want the whole story and want to to learn. Obviously, check out the book. But for folks that just want to say, all right, I, yes, there's been progress. Apply it for me. Give me the tools and systems I need to live healthy 2.0. I've got my fitness pal on my phone. I will uninstall that, but you have to give me something to use in its place. I can't just not Right. So a lot of people, they read the calorie myth and they said, OK, you just blew up my world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all this stuff I'm right. doing is like I, I will stipulate to the, the, the science. Give me the the practical. I see what you're saying. Exactly. So that's what we're, we're trying to do is if you is is to in, in a way, the calorie myth book will will wipe the slate clean. It uninstalls the operating system from your mental computer and it tries to reinstall a new one. And then with Sane Solution, we're providing the tools and systems, much like Weight Watchers does. If you're a calorie counting fan, there's nothing better than Weight Watchers. But if you're a food quality fan, there will be nothing better than Sane Solution. And we hope that, for example, just like corporations today will offer Weight Watchers to their employees because it's this agnostic system that we'll be able to say, look, now your employees have the freedom to choose. They never had the freedom of choice before. It was either count calories or be fat. That was the option you gave them. Starve yourself or be fat. Yeah. Yeah, and now we now we'll give them an option. All right. Well, my favorite thing about the book, or one of my favorite things about the book, I have many, uh, is like it gives you tools and extremely like easily explainable ways to sort of combat 
when the person that you're talking to is like, well, you know, it's just everything in moderation. You can have the cheeseburger, just eat half the cheeseburger, you know, like, or like, you know, it's all about calories in, calories out. You just got to burn more than you eat, you know, like it kind of gives you a non, uh, I don't know, combative way to say, well, maybe you need to rethink how you think about that. So I love that you brought up moderation because this this is like the easiest this is the this is the most fun and non-controversial nutrition conversation you can have with someone because if you start to get in with meat or grains or even calories it, that can get religious really quick right. but moderation is really easy because that is such a straw man argument manufactured by the food industry let me give you one example so moderation is defined by quote unquote like well, well for example Will smoking cigarettes in moderation give you lung cancer? Like if God, you smoke, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> if you smoke one cigarette a month, will you get lung cancer? Uh, almost certainly no. I mean, quite a few people that smoke a lot of cigarettes Never don't get, get lung yeah. cancer. But that doesn't mean you should smoke cigarettes in moderation or that you should tell your children to smoke cigarettes or in moderation or that the government should subsidize cigarettes being handed out for free in schools in moderation. Right? Right. Uh, yeah, that all drives me nuts. And so, um, like, well, go ahead, go, go ahead, Rick. I heard you. Uh, I heard I, you I, breathe I in. For you. Oh no. Well, I mean, that's that, that's Mark touched on it, and uh, I I call this, uh, and I'm not to bag on him, but I call those dad conversations because my dad is uh, pushing <laughs> seventy. He, uh, you know, he's not. He's like a lot of people of his generation. That's the way we did it, and that's the right way to do it because that's the way we did it. And uh, we had like a, just a real a half a conversation like a couple of months ago when he saw me uh, – I don't remember exactly what it was – eating something without bread or something. I don't know, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, you know, the goal is uh, you know, to limit uh, your insulin response by not provoking – yada, yada. And it was you could tell immediately when I started talking – his eyes glazed over, and he immediately got in with the "Okay, this is garbage" face. I'm not listening to any of this. But that's one thing that, like, uh, you know, you give, uh, you give ways to have a conversation. Like you just said a minute ago, John, that like uh, when you start talking about, you know, the real, you know, the the it can get real religious real fast. I think is is what you said when you're talking about calories in, calories out, and some of that stuff. You give people tools to kind of like, hey, spread the message, like in a like a generalized way at first to kind of plant the seeds, you know, because that's how we're going to do this is, uh, start off by word of mouth. Hey, why do you eat this way? Why don't you eat this way? What, what, you know, you look great. You, you, you know, you, 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 you have a lot of energy. Tell me more about this, you know? That's yeah. exactly right. And it's, it's important to, to, uh, I, I find that these conversations are a lot more easily had if you focus on what to do, rather than what not to do. So let me give you a, a good example. I've, I've had conversations recently with folks who are, are, are not huge fans of the no bread argument, and it has nothing to do with nutrition. It has to do with their religious beliefs and, and concepts around bread, the staff of life, the, you know, so it, for them, this is not a nutrition conversation at all. And it, when you, when you say things like that to them, it, it feels like you're attacking something much more deep, but what the conversation you can have is vitamins, minerals, good vegetables, 
very, very good. So wouldn't it be neat to fill your plate with so many vegetables that you might just be too full and don't need rolls to fill you up? So right. it's not about the elimination of rolls. It's a, just like it might not be like having a, a march against a war. It's about having a march for peace. Or it's about saying, why not just eat more of the stuff we all agree is good for us. And, and again, that's underlying our mobile application. Calorie counting just says just eat less. We say, no, we want you to increase your SANE score. We want you to eat more of the foods that will fill you up and satiate you so much and nourish you so much that you're just too full for the garbage. Right. Well, and you're, you're, you're the, the concept of SANE foods in your book, The Calorie Myth, read it, go buy it, read it now, uh, that it really did change the way I eat because before then, I, I think eating – changing your lifestyle this way there's two and i'm going to write about this for our website here in the next couple of days there's really two parts to it part number one is accepting the science and that's being convinced you have to be sold on it first before you're going to try it and step two after you've been sold on it you know okay it's about nutrient-dense foods and yada yada step two is actually applying it to your life because it's easier said than done you can ask me right now you know What's healthier, a pound of spinach or a pound of cookies? And I know it's a pound of spinach, but sometimes I want the cookies. But your 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 concept of the same score and trying to just really just bringing that home, uh, I, I can't recommend this book enough to people because it really not only, like you said earlier, it helps convince you of the science, but it helps convince you, okay, now that you know the science, it sounds like to get to this sane level of eating is, is a giant mountain to climb. I'm John Baylor. I'm going to help you climb this mountain. It gives you tools for how you're going to do that. And I, I just, it's not just a book about, not just a book convincing, you know, people of why you should eat this way. It's a book helping people. And that's what I'm expecting from this app. And I'm very, very excited about the, the stuff that you're talking about for sure. This is a great thing. Awesome. Hey, well, I can't believe that we are out of time. I feel like when we get you, we need to like have like a four hour conversation. But it's like my mom, whenever my mom calls me, I sometimes I don't answer because I know that it's going to be like a four hour conversation. So maybe if we just keep it short, you'll want to come back on again and say, oh, that was easy. That was only like 30 minutes. Those guys are those guys are awesome. Not anything like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to be here, guys. And I, I love what you're doing. And I think I think we all have a, a really critical role to play in, in ushering in this new world of Healthy 2.0. And I would just encourage everyone to check out, at the very minimum, the free tools that we have available to help you live that way. And you can do that at SaneSolution.com. Again, that's SaneSolution.com. Awesome. And I'll put that in the show notes and drive uh, people that direction. So, uh, John, I really appreciate you being on, and we'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. All his stuff will be linked in the show notes. Uh, so uh, if you've listened to the podcast, and obviously I think you will know where the show notes are. Uh, but Rick found a review. Did we get another one? Uh, yes, we have two entries now in the review, our review drive that we're doing. We included uh, Glenn. Glenn. I, yeah. I'm sure that's Glenn Young. It says, why Glenn? Yeah. Uh, it could be something, somebody different. We included him. He is the start of it. Then we have another review from a uh, user S. 
MF1533, a five-star review, says she enjoys very much the humans being humans segment. I'm glad that it doesn't make you throw up because we're disgusting <laughs> idiots and we do dumb stuff. Thank you for your very awesome review. We now have two entrants. Ah. So if you're out there and you listen to the show and you want a Simply Human t-shirt, your odds are pretty good right pretty now. Pretty good right now. Your odds are pretty good right now. So leave a review, at least one word. And however many stars you want, and uh, enter yourself in the free T-shirt review contest. You still have—I don't know what day today is—but you uh, still have like three or four yeah, weeks like or something like that. So, ten, actually, ten days from the time that this uh, that this oh, airs. From this, okay, yeah. so do it. You—you uh, only got ten days left. Do it. 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 Uh, all right. The humans being human segment is a third grade teacher who emailed us. This really funny story, and we were like, "Okay, we got to get this." This I'm pretty on. sure my dolphin laugh is in like full yeah. effect on this too. Because yeah, because this is this story really tickled me. Very, it, very good. It's story. it's pretty good. So here is Julie uh, with a story about a praying mantis. Hello, Julie. Is this Mark? It is. Hey. Awesome! It worked. And I'm good. And Rick is on the line too. Hello, hey, Julie. Rick. It's nice to meet you. How are you? I'm great. So cool to talk to you guys. Oh I know. It's, it's kind of... the first time anyone's ever said that to me. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk to you. Usually that. it's like, oh, this no. guy again. Well, it's oh all... God, Rick, I can't tell you how much you crack me up. And um, I just have to say, you know, your cop stories. My sister is a, a 911 dispatcher. Oh. So I just have a lot of respect for what you do. And um, I, just, I love your comic relief and your your every man kind of a perspective well, thank you very much you really don't know how much that means to me it's my only goal in life to make people laugh and if that's uh, me like, falling down and hurting myself and people laugh and i'm like oh, it was all totally worth it so, thank you well if i ever uh, if rick ever decides that he's you know moving on to bigger and better things then that will be the end of the simply human podcast so because uh, i wouldn't yeah, i'm gonna start it. my own podcast I'm just gonna, uh, hey everybody yeah, the- uh, <laughs> the banter between you guys is just hilarious. Well, and, you know, I, I hear think, that your friendship goes back a long way. Yeah, I think that helps. The fact that we've been friends for like twenty years, um, yeah, is, is kind of good. Very but cool. uh, okay, so where? Um, well, hold on. I'll, uh, we're we're actually recording because I wanted to make sure to get all of your praise on the show. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Julie actually emailed uh, Rick or me or both. I think uh, both, both of us. Of us. Yeah. yeah, you were one of the ones that like. Didn't yes, because just... my response was just yeah. Ha 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 ha. Like, ha, 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 like times a thousand. <laughs> yeah. Was a good. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so uh, a thanks for reaching out and uh, sharing the story with us. And uh, and B, uh, thanks for uh, wanting to come on the show. And I wasn't sure if the story was going to be podcast worthy. Oh, I think after it will I be. I heard the the snake story. I was like, oh, I have my praying mantis story. This one might be good. And there it is, so, the praying mantis and, story, which I will. That will be well, the title. I, I especially love this because I have an older. Uh, I have two sons. One of them six, and he is like uh, like all six year olds obsessed with like bugs and stuff like that critters. so oh, yeah. yes critters exactly so that's yeah. why this story especially hits home for me so yeah I'll and i have begin. a seven-year-old son as well so um yeah same thing and i i'm i've taught second and third grade for years and years and i'm all too familiar with uh the, the seven-year-old boy <laughs> brain but anyway so this okay, take, this so, story um, takes takes us back to when you were teaching third grade is that correct I'm still teaching third oh, grade, cool. but the story happened like probably 12 years ago. Okay. And in fact, I'm still um, in touch with this family. I'll, I'll tell you that after the story. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So um, let's call this boy Johnny. 
Okay. And, um, you know, he's this third grader who is absolutely obsessed with, with bugs and critters. And he's like a little mini entomologist. And you know, his mom had told me about um, his collection of bugs that he had at home, both living and dead. And, um, you know, he volunteered. Which is, that's a, a, that's a like, red flag. Don't. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, a little red. bit of a red flag. That I've got a big box of dead bugs, too. Yeah, yeah. In cases. And, you know, one of my Christmas presents from him actually was. Um, a beetle that he had found in Greece. It was like this golden, like iridescent cockroach <laughs> that he gave me in like, like this beautiful wooden case. Yeah, I forgot about that. But um, anyway, wow. so this kid was obsessed with bugs, <laughs> and he wanted to bring his pet praying mantis to my classroom to share with everybody. And I was like, oh sure, no problem. You know, bring it in. So he brings it in, it's, it's in this big, you know, Home Depot, one of those five-gallon buckets, white buckets, you know. And the bottom, it's, you know, covered in twigs and leaves, and, you know, he's got this kind of netting covering the top of the bucket, and it's secured with, like, a rubber band. So, like, really well taken care of and, like, meticulously, oh, yeah. like, oh, this is my best friend, the praying mantis. Yes, yes, it's like this mini terrarium in this Home Depot bucket. <laughs> so, so he brings it in, he sets it on the counter, and then it's time to, to share. So, you know, I call the class over, and we're all sitting in this big circle, and Johnny takes out his praying mantis, and he's, you know, telling the class all about it. He's just beaming with pride, and he's like, <laughs> holding it it's like walking up his arm and he's like fanning out its wings so everybody can see it and you know everybody's kind of ooing and aahing and and he's just in heaven and so that was great you know he we finished sharing we put it away he sets it back on the on the um back counter for the um end of the school day and then you know bell rings everybody goes home and back at my desk and I happen to glance over and I still see the bucket sitting there on the counter so I was like, oh, no big deal. You know, he'll just get it tomorrow. So the next day comes. And, of course, you know, half the class makes a beeline to go check out the bucket and check on the praying mantis. And, like, two seconds later, just shrieks and screams. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, oh, my God. So I run over there. Oh, and they're screaming, Mrs. Reed, Mrs. Reed, the ants, the ants. <laughs> And I go over there, and I'm not kidding. So I was in a portable classroom at the time, so I'm not sure how they got in. But the trail of ants was, I'm not exaggerating when I say three inches wide, starting at where the ceiling meets the wall. So they're coming down the wall, across the counter, up the side of the bucket, in through the netting, into the bucket. And they literally just ate the praying mantis alive. I wonder, you didn't, you didn't happen to have like a, a microphone a recording like of like the praying mantis' screams like while he was being eaten by the ants? Yeah, I, I mean, I can't even imagine. I guess there was some sort of solution that he'd had in there on this little sponge for the praying mantis. It was like some sort of sugary water solution and I guess that's what attracted them. But I mean See, it folks, was like sugar millions. kills and a bunch of ants on top of it. <laughs> yeah. So that's why millions of ants. So <laughs> so, you know, Johnny's crying. My entire classroom is like, you know, going crazy. I grab the bucket, I throw it outside my classroom door, I call the office to send the custodian to clean up this infestation. I'm trying to like calm Johnny down. 
call him a class down, you know, comfort him. And I'm feeling horrible, right? Because this poor kid's pride and joy was just like devoured in my classroom. And, so, <laughs> and it's not just like, it would be funny enough if they came back to school the next day and Oh, the praying mantis is dead. But the fact that he's covered yeah. with a billion ants <laughs> and they're just devouring him like it's not like uh, it's like his head got cut off or something. Just bananas. Something crazy like that. That's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the the end of the day comes around and, um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, little boys, they have, you know. He wasn't too stressed out about it, but at the end of the day, as he's walking out, you know, the bucket is still sitting outside my classroom door, so everybody's <laughs> kind of filing out, and he comes over to the bucket, and he looks in it, <laughs> and he bends over, he reaches in, he picks up the carcass of the praying mantis, brushes off, <laughs> brushes off, <laughs> you know, a few lingering ants. He sticks the carcass in his pocket and runs off. <laughs> the, the ants that are like, they're like, uh, their their pants are unbuttoned. They're like so full from just just gorging on this praying mantis. They're like, oh yeah, kid, thanks. You can take it. <laughs> There's nothing yeah, left except yeah, exactly. the bone. Well, and I know like, go, I, I know bugs go have like, added to his bed collection. I know bugs have like an exoskeleton and not like an inside skeleton, but that's all I can imagine is like <laughs> skeleton. Tiny white bones that look just like a praying mantis and picking them up and just like a couple of ants just shaking them off and putting like this tiny, tiny bones inside of his pocket. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know, so after he left, I'm sitting there agonizing. Oh my gosh. You know, I need to tell his mom. I need to write this email and, you know, I'm just feeling horrible about it. So, you know, I send her this email and, um, you know, I explained the situation and everything. And so the next day I was extremely relieved to get her reply and say, you know what, don't even worry about it. He was so impressed and, um, you know, he was so intrigued by the power of the ants that it totally outweighed the pain <laughs> of <laughs> the loss of his pregnancy. So. so now he's obsessed with, with ants. Yeah. Yes. That's hilarious. That, that <laughs> so, actually... Anyways, that. Rem- that I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that. That's my, my famous praying oh. mantis story. Well, and, um, go ahead. Well, that reminds me. My wife taught early childhood for like five years, and they would do these like carnivals where you would have petting zoo and little games and things, you know, the whole things for like the four and five-year-olds. Well, we it, this thing was on a Friday, <laughs> and there was a... Uh, cage of tiny little chicks that someone had brought. They, you know, they, they had chickens at their house, and so they brought like five or six of these chicks, and they had the cage set up, and you had the little the lamp next to it, and the water, and the food, and the whole thing. And uh, so Jen and I went up there on like Saturday afternoon because she needed to finish up something or, or grab a, her phone. I don't know. She we had to do something, and it was totally empty. And we're up there like moving, like whatever we were doing. It was like it was taking more than just like walking the the room and get it and i kept smelling something like what is that something is burning or i'm smelling something oh my gosh yeah so we were like yeah we're like we're yeah we're yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the that's the first yeah that's jen's first reaction is did you pooped your pants and I'm like, no, 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 no. I know. I am an experienced pants pooper. I have not pooped my pants. And so we're like going up and down the halls looking, like trying to investigate the smell. And what had happened was somebody had left that lamp plugged in and it had gotten knocked down 
and like three of the chicks were underneath it, oh. just charred to a crisp. And then the other, oh, the other, no, the, yeah, the other three were like huddled in the corner, like consoling each other, like, <laughs> like what a what a miserable night that must have been for them, like, <laughs> like the screams of their little chicklets. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, so it was very awful. Death but. of animals is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you being a third grade teacher reminds me. Um, my third grade teacher, I, I remember something from her, Mrs. Staub. Uh, I was having, at, big surprise, I had diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> and so my mom sent a modium AD with me to school. And I remember, and I didn't really oh, know that that was like a known, uh, you know, it's like Tylenol. You know, like Tylenol could, could cover a multitude of ailments, right? Right. A modium is for diarrhea. And so I didn't, I didn't realize that. And so I went up to her and I was like, oh, can I take my modium? And she was like, you're what? And I was like, uh, my modium? And she just like started dying laughing. Like, you have diarrhea? I was like, <laughs> like we're running off. Your teacher just starts laughing in her face like, you've got diarrhea? Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what happens. So. How did we get, oh did we get yeah. from a praying mantis covered with ants to Mark having diarrhea? Hey. Two degrees of simply human. <laughs> we're never more than one degree away from Mark having crazy digestive issues. Uh, oh, man. Oh, my awesome. God. You guys kill me. Well, Julie, thank you so much. For, a, I'm oh, not, my pleasure. Well, for being a teacher, because my wife taught for five years. Now she teaches at the university level. She teaches the teachers. And teachers get crapped on in my opinion as far as like their salary and their benefits just the stuff they teach we need to hold teachers up you said that about rick earlier but uh ditto on the teachers and thank you for your service to our children well so. thank you i you know it's not a job we go into for the money clearly right. it is a, a you go into it for the funny know, prank mantis stories yeah there you go. It's kind of like go. how Rick yeah. didn't uh, become the Simply Human co-host for the money. <laughs> but all right, we'll... Uh, Come on, it's that fame and, fame and fortune. Yeah. Come on, you guys. Well, keep keep, keep in touch, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Keep in touch. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Julie. Bye, right, bye, Julie. Thank you, Julie. Uh, that was great, and we hope to, to keep her as a listener. Hopefully, we won't uh, offend her in some way in future podcasts, or maybe there's a podcast she hasn't listened to that she will find offensive. Yeah, uh, let's just steer clear of the first 10 or 15. Yeah. We'll all be good, I think. <laughs> the Truck Stop Bathroom Series, which is yeah. going to be the greatest inside joke ever, yeah. by the way. Okay. okay. All right, so now it is time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week. It's something you can start doing today. To start being a more healthy human. And the tip this week, we're going to sort of uh, sort of boil this down. It's basically, we talked to Vinny last week about like sticking to your guns uh, and like doing what you say you're going to do. But on the flip side of that, like, like wait, I've heard you say before, if like, if your guns suck, like you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to just like stick to your guns. If like they're jammed and there's like, there's no bullets in them and they're, they're... Yeah, you, you have to pay attention and see what's working. And if something is working for you, then that means like, that's a, uh, that's a good thing for you. Uh, what's always amazed me about Vinny is Vinny has basically been swimming upstream his whole career against the crappy conventional food pyramid wisdom and saying, well, that doesn't work. And my stuff works and you don't like it. Well, pound sand. And that's what always has amazed me about Vinny is he's, he's been doing this for so long that he's been doing this when that wasn't even like a real, you know, now it's starting to come around and be conventional wisdom almost, or more accepted, you know, in the eighties, it wasn't, but, uh, so pay attention to what you're doing. If what you're doing is working, then it's working and stick to your guns. If what you're doing isn't working, then you need a period of self-reflection and to 
analyze why it isn't working and you need to adjust and, and fix. You always have to be – with every aspect of your life, and this is a big thing for me, you always have to be analyzing what you're doing, how you're doing it, if you can be doing it any better, uh, if something's working, if something's not working. And if it's not working, you've got to fix it. Yeah, and it's like, you know, the, the people that we've sort of uh, pigeonholed into, like, the, I don't want to change, I'm doing it my way, it's like, that's kind of how you think of, like, old people, you know, like my, you know, like your parents or something, it's like, ah, they're stuck in their ways, so, like, I'm hoping that, you know, like, I, if, if you know, for instance, like, if Gmail changes formats to a new format, I go with it. Or, like, it. every time iTunes comes out with a new operating system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you, you learn it, and you, you're just like, okay, I'm not just going to stick to what I know. I'm going to learn something new, and it might be better and more efficient. And so, that, that and that goes with, like, your your health and your nutrition, your movement patterns. But that goes with, like, your relationships, your, how you how you relate with your, you know, your kids and your spouse or your significant other or your parents or your brothers, whoever it is. Like, you know, uh, don't just always do the same thing, um, you know, if it's not well, working. Absolutely. And stagnation is – it causes, uh, you know – causes things to, to decay and to fall apart. Uh, I've been guilty of that in personal relationships in my life. I've been guilty of it in my professional life. I've been guilty of it in all kinds of things. So if you're not constantly evaluating how you're doing, then you're you're stuck standing still and you can't move forward. The goal should be to move, to progress every single day, to be a better person today than you were yesterday, and to be a better person tomorrow than you were today. And if you're not evaluating, then you're not doing that right. I, uh, I meant to write this last night, Mark, but I spent all night at work. <laughs> You get funny, funny videos on YouTube because we weren't busy. I will write an article, and it should be out by the time this podcast is, okay. about that same subject. That's been something that's been weighing on me heavily because I haven't been experiencing the same success, uh, you know, nutrition and diet-wise, and I've been, you know, maybe putting on a couple extra pounds. So I'm going to write an article about this from the Amber Man's perspective. Yep. It should be on the website. So well, it's funny. I, uh, I put my phone on airplane mode like when I go to sleep and one because I don't want to be disturbed two because I'm scared of the the electromagnetic frequency waves that are emitting out of these phone um, yeah and so when I when I took it off of airplane mode this morning I had a text from you that said this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life and it was a, a YouTube video that was link it into the show notes okay. I've never laughed harder at anything in my whole life it's the funniest thing it's this uh, check it out with uh, with Dr. Stephen Steve Brule it's a show apparently on uh, Adult Swim on Cartoon Network starring John C. Riley. I've never heard of it. It is the funniest thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. I was like hoarse. I was laughing so hard. I, my throat hurt. Uh, tears were coming down my face. But yeah, that's what I yeah. found that was funny. I'll, so put that on there as an enjoy life. Uh, yeah, definitely. Story. I'll link to it. So, so uh, I've also reached out to several other folks um, and have gotten some more people on the. Uh, uh, the docket, I guess you would say. And thanks to Tim Wacker, uh, for being my assignments editor and like sending me all these, uh, all these, uh, Tim is ideas. great, man. Tim's yeah. awesome. Yeah. He is, he is, uh, going through the, the Simply Human Reset. He's sort of already reset, but he just wanted to do it just to kind of see, uh, and give me some feedback too. So awesome. anyway, uh, the reset is at simplyhumanlifestyle.com slash shop. Check it out. Uh, if you email me, if you have any questions at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page. We'd love for you to go and like us. There's a YouTube channel. You can subscribe. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at simplyhuman52. So that's where the 52 comes from. If anyone's ever wondered about the at simplyhuman52, or uh, email him at Uncle Rico at <laughs> uh, over, uh, throw over the yeah. com. Uncle Rico at we would have won state.com. All right. Well, I think uh, you know we already talked about the uh, T-shirt giveaway. Please leave us a review on iTunes, good or bad, and we will enter you into a, a free T-shirt giveaway by the end of the month. Yeah, I think uh, we've hit everything. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
So until next time, enjoy yourself. Come on, baby, I love you.